Well, hello there, everybody. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing super duperly well. Uh, it's been a while since I've done an episode. I haven't had anything I've really wanted to talk about recently. So I have found something that I want to talk about and I'm going to bring it to your attention. Um, first off, thank you everybody for who do follow and listen and like and subscribe and everything else like that. Uh, I love you all. Thank you so very much. And uh, for those of you who don't, you know, that's okay. That's fine. You know, it's not for everybody. If you do want to uh, follow me, uh, you can you can follow me on my Twitter page. It's www.twitter.com slash Brian. That's B-R-Y-A-N. Sets as cts fire f-i-r-e pretty easy right brian sets fire now i do stream a lot of video games you can catch me on there if you want to talk to me live uh the the channel is uh twitch.tv slash sets fire so take the brian out of it and you're all good to go so just s-e-t-s-f-i-r-e so you come in and hang out with me then or you can just talk or listen to my podcast episode go from there um these are always fun to do i like doing these podcasts it's just hard sometimes finding the right thing i want to talk about uh that will keep me and everybody else interested so um i've actually found something that that's got me uh really really amped up uh really excited so yesterday um the new Disney Plus streaming service came out. I've been very excited for for Disney Plus for quite some time. Uh, I, I've you've realized piece by piece the things that they've taken out of Netflix and and uh, Crave and all that that they were kind of holding for themselves for their new service. And we also saw the Marvel presser of the new shows that they got planned and coming out for it. Um, there's like a Wandavision show. There's a Hawkeye show, there's a Captain America and I think Falcon show coming out. And the best thing is all since it's Disney and they've got more money than God, uh, all the major actors, the A-list actors that were in the movies are reprising their roles in the show. You wouldn't think that uh, one of those actors would go down to a TV show since they've been such a, a major movie star for so long. But, you know, when you when you drop a, a, a dump truck full of money on their front yard, you kind of do whatever they say, right? Um so aside from Marvel being one of the best parts of the Disney Plus streaming service, uh, my other favorite passion in life is Star Wars. And I know there's a lot of people out there who like Star Wars, a lot of people who don't like Star Wars. But for those of us who do like Star Wars, we really like Star Wars. Uh, my wife wanted to name one of our sons Lucas, and I did not argue with that at all because the second I found out that I could have called him Luke and get into a fight, a fight with him when we get older and tell him that I'm his father, I immediately got giddy inside and I agree to it right away. So that's much of a nerd I am. I wake up every morning, try to reach for my water in the end table, hoping that it'll come to me like Luke Sky uh, lightsaber did to him and the Emperor Strikes Back when he's hanging upside down from the ice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm that kind of nerd. Um, so this Mandalorian show, uh, I really like the idea of the fact that they're making a show about the Mandalorians. Everybody only knows one famous Mandalorian, which is Bobo Fett, right? Or Jango Fett and his Bobo's father. Um, but there's a whole guild of them and it's not just one. There's, there's thousands of them all across the galaxy and, and they're primarily bounty hunters, but they, they do run like protection for people. Like, you can hire them to, to run protection. You can hire them to find bounty hunters. You can hire them just to kill people if you want to. They're assassins at the same time. So it, it's good to see that there's a guild and then like every planet you go to, there will be a Mandalorian guild for somebody to, to kind of go and hang out with. And they're widely re- renowned throughout the uh, Star Wars universe is like, you know, like if a Mandalorian's in town, some shit's about to go down. So be careful. So this show focuses on one 
Um, and uh, I'm very excited for it. Uh, so it got released on November 12th, which in, when this is being aired was yesterday. Uh, it's on the Disney Plus Network. Now, this is the one thing that was really interesting that I actually didn't know about until that. Well, I, I feel like I did know about it beforehand, but I forgot about it until I watched the episode and it popped up at the end. That the creator of the show was obviously George Lucas. His character's uh, from Star Wars based on the show. But the creator of this show, the one who kind of put all the pieces together, was John Favreau. Um, I, I, and I, like I said, I feel like I knew that ahead of time, but I forgot about it until the show aired. And at the very end, it's like created by bam, John Favreau. Uh, for those of you who don't know John Favreau, if you're living under a rock, uh, he is happy Hogan from the Avengers series. And he also directed and wrote, um, the Iron Man movies and the first Avenger movie. So like he, he's got, he's got some cred to his name, you know, like he's, he's a big heavy hitter in that massive universe. And now that he's jumping into the star Wars universe, this is only going to be good for him. So I'm very excited to see, uh, how, how farther he can go in this. Um, I'm hoping that they, like, this is kind of like a test run for him, that they're using him to do the Mandalorian to see how well he can do them. Maybe give him a larger task in star Wars franchise going forward. Like I do know that there was a new trilogy movie, that's supposed to come out after the rise of the Skywalker that the uh, showrunners from Game of Thrones were, were, were heading up. But I guess they've recently backed up it because I guess Netflix offered them some ridiculous amount of money to make a, a show just for them. So they're going to need somebody new to run this movie uh, franchise going forward. And maybe Jon Favreau could be the guy. Uh, judging after this first episode, I think he should be. Uh, that's my opinion. Um, so the show stars uh, Pedro Pascal. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Pedro Pascal is, he's relatively been kind of a quiet actor for most of his career. Nothing really too super big, but his biggest break he got recently was he was on Game of Thrones. He played the Red Viper of Dawn. So he was the guy that had that big spear that fought the mountain. Uh, his sister was the one that was raped and killed by the mountain when he was fighting her, uh, fighting the mountain. He kept saying, you raped her, you killed her, you killed her children. And and, and he got his face crushed in by the mountain at the end. So that was his big break. Uh, he also did a, a good little part in um, the Kingsman uh, the Golden Circle, I think it was the second Kingsman movie. Those were surprisingly good movies too. Uh, I, I never, I never knew too much about them until going into them, and I was very pleased with them. Uh, he, he's in that one. He plays the uh, one of the American guys, like they're they called the Statesman. He plays one of the uh, American versions of that guy over there. So uh, Pedro Pascal gets the lead in this one. Um, he, he fits the, the suit of the Mandalorian very well. Like he's not a, like a very big built guy. He's not a tiny guy either, but like, you know, he like his stature of him when he's walking around in the Mandalorian gear looks good. Like he, he, there's a certain kind of suaveness you have to have as, as a Mandalorian, because like if you ever watch it in the older movies with Boba Fett, he knows the shit don't stink. He knows wherever he goes, people are going to be genuinely afraid that he might kill you. So like, you kind of have to have that tactic with you. And uh, he definitely he, he rides that pretty good in this in this show, and I'm very cool with it. There's a lot of of one off characters of like bigger name actors in this show. Um, right off the hop, we get uh, Brian Posen. He's a stand up comedian. He's he's in the show like right away, which is pretty cool. Um, Werner Herzog is in it. Nick Nolte's in it. Uh, tight. I always say this guy's name wrong. Tight Taika or Taika Wati. Um, he's a director. He's also an actor. He plays Korg. He does a voice of Korg in the Thor movies. 
uh, the big rock. The, hey, man, how's it going, man? That, that kind of funny, goofy guy. That's him. Funny fact, he also directed Thor Ragnarok. So, and he directed one episode of, of The Mandalorian as well. Uh, I like him. So, he, he's in an episode. Uh, Carl Weathers is in it. Mark Boone Jr. For those of you who are Sons of Anarchy fans, uh, Mark Boone Jr. is Bobby. Uh, he's, he does a, a few episodes. Bill Burr, another stand-up comedian. I guess he, he's playing some kind of uh, like crazy teched-out smuggler in this. I don't know if he's in multiple episodes, but he's in it. Gina Carano. She's a former UFC fighter or pride fighter turned uh, actress and uh, stunt woman. So she's been she's amping her her movie. She was in uh, Deadpool for people who know she plays Angel Angel Dust. I think her name is uh, the girl, with the toothpick that Deadpool fights all the time. Um, uh, now, this guy, he, he's a very I, I like him a lot. He's he's slowly climbed up the ranks of one of my favorite TV show actors. His name is John Carlo Esposito. Uh, a lot of you fans out there would probably recognize him as Gus from Breaking Bad. And uh, he's always got like a little small part in a couple of very good TV shows here and there. He plays some kind of, I think, some rebellion or not rebellion, Empire, uh, Galactic Empire uh, soldier. Um, Natalia Tina's in this. For, the, again, more people who who watched Game of Thrones, she was... Uh, I believe her name was Asha or Osha, the girl who brought Bran uh, beyond the wall first. She was also in Harry Potter. She played, uh, I think her name's Tunks in Harry Potter. Um, she's in this episode. Uh, May uh, Ming Nei Wen, uh, Ming Nei Wing. I always say her name wrong. She's from uh, the girl who plays uh, May in Shield, and she does the voice of Milan. She's an episode. So like, like they got they got a lot of actors in this. It's not like they they're they're chintzing out on on the talent like they they definitely have some pretty good named people in here and like i like it because people like mark boone jr he he he's always been known as sons of anarchy but now he gets a chance to do something a little you know off spectrum you know he's probably gonna play some kind of like smuggler or something like that but he's in a star wars movie like you wouldn't expect a guy like him to be in a star wars movie right something like bill burr he's a stand-up comedian like a very raunchy one but he's in a, a cool star wars movie so it's cool to see that so for those of you who haven't seen the episode, I suggest you go watch it right away before you finish listening to this. I want to talk about the episode, and I'm going to say everything I saw in it. So if you haven't seen it, please go now, check it out, tell me what you think first, and then come back to this episode on your ride to work or if you're at the gym or whichever way you want to listen to this. So right off the gate, they definitely start off with showing the kind of like the prowess of of the Mandalorian, like, they're at this cantina, and this guy's, like, kind of throwing his weight around, trying to be all bossy, and then the Mandalorian walks in, and, like, everybody goes still, they just go dead quiet, they shut up, they're like, okay, my bad, my bad, Mandalorian's here, some shit's about to go down, he gets to the bar, the guy's pushing everybody around, gets the shit kicked out of him by the Mandalorian, he kills the one guy, and it turns out that the guy that that guy was pushing around was the one that the Mandalorian wanted all along, so it, it shows that, you know, he's willing to do whatever he has to do to get his target, and that's that's the point of the Mandalorians, you know, like, they're, they'll always fulfill their debts, and I like how it showed it right away, like, it, it, it showed, like, how he could fight multiple people at one time, and it doesn't bother him, he's no fear, he, he, he doesn't care about what situations he's getting into, because he believes in his training, he believes in what he is, and he believes in, in the fact, that, like, it, there's something different about Mandalorian armor, they have, uh, they have their armor, which is a lot different from everybody else's in, in the Star Wars universe, um, and then it shows him meeting up with, uh, uh, Carl Weathers, who's kind of like his uh, his go-to guy to get his hits and his contracts. So he goes up and he meets him at the table and he throws the, the pucks down of the people who he's, who he's captured and thrown in the carbonite on the ship. 
and uh, he gives him his money for it. And he's like, well, I want more jobs. And he's like, well, we got some more, but I got one special one for you. And he's like, well, you know, hit me. What is it? He's like, give me the puck. He's like, there is no puck. He's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, it's it's top secret, off the shelf, buy the books. No one can know about it kind of deal. And he's like, all right, whatever I'm in, you know, hit me. Where do I got to go? He's like, all I got is this, like, this place where you can go to meet the guys and that's it. And then this is the part that gave me chills. It was super, super cool. So he, he goes in this, like, dark alley, starts knocking on the doors and stuff like that to find out where he's got to go. And when he finally gets there, he opens the door and it, like, slowly opens. And all he sees is, like, battle-worn and torn stormtroopers standing in there. And it was just, like, so badass because it's like, oh, my God, like, like, you finally meet them. Like stormtroopers are there. Like that, p- people are terrified in the Star Wars universe of the stormtroopers, and now he's meeting them face to face. Like some shit is going down, or stormtroopers are commissioning a Mandalorian to go do a task for him. And that's when you meet uh, uh, Werner Herzog. He plays kind of like the uh, the the shot caller for the Empire towards uh, what they want to do. And uh, there's a cool little scene there where like this this doctor comes out like from a back room or like another scientist or something comes out from the back room and it spooks the Mandalorian. So he pulls out his gun, he pulls out his rifle and he's got them all pointed at everybody. And the one stormtrooper goes up to him and he's like, he's like, what do you think you're going to do? You're outnumbered four to one. And he just shows him like slowly tilt his helmet to the side a little bit. And you hear him just go, yeah, I like those odds. And everyone's like, okay, okay, okay. Hold on now. Hold on. And that that's what, again, that's the precedent that they're trying to set the fact that, like, like a Mandalorian does not give a shit. Like, four to one, he knows he can still beat you four to one. And he likes those odds, and you're not going to win. I love that. And, and he said it so coolly and so calmly and so chill. Like, it was, it was, it was awesome. It made me, it made me feel happy hearing him say that. Um, so what happens is they end up commissioning to, to, to find somebody. Uh, they don't have a puck with a picture of the face on it. They just say, here, this is the beacon. The beacon tells you where you got to go. You got to go get this guy. And here's your payment. It's a piece of metal. Now, as far as I can remember, I, I didn't look up enough research on this. I, I, I might be wrong. It's a certain kind of metal that uh, that is very precious to the Mandalorian guild. It's what they use to build a lot of their armor, like the higher... The higher ranking you get, the better this armor is that you get. It's uh, it's kind of like an impenetrable armor. Uh, star- Stormtroopers blasters deflect off of it. Like you can even like use it to block a lightsaber, and it won't cut through lightsaber. It's that strong of a metal. So they kind of they offer him a piece of that metal to do this thing. And when he sees it, he's like, "Okay, I'm down." You know, like like I need that, and that's what I want. So he ends up getting the metal as kind of like a, a prepayment for doing the task. And he goes to his uh, his guild, and there's a girl there, and I can't remember her name. Damn it, I, I looked up to it, and I didn't write it down. Uh, she's in, I believe, the Clone Wars. She's kind of like the uh, the blacksmith for for the Mandat Guild. She's she's a known character too, uh, by the Mandalorian um, sig- sigil that she has painted on her mask. And she crafts a pauldron form out of this. So he's got like a this this cool like his armor's all like faded and dented and and rusted and stuff like that. And then now he's got this nice shiny pauldron on his shoulder, which is pretty cool. But in the process of them doing that, it shows this kind of like little backstory of what happened with him as a child and how he became who he was. It very clearly shows the fact that wherever he was from was under attack. I don't know if it was under by rebels or alliance or whatever it was that attacked his planet, but he was under attack and his parents hid him away and they very clearly died and he was left kind of hiding to fend for himself. So they protected him to, to keep him alive. And that's obviously probably how he became a bounty hunter. Probably some, some other kind of Mandalorian bounty hunter found him. And that that's how all these, these, 
these Mandalorians become what they are. So they get found somewhere from being hidden or whatever, and they get brought into their ranks and moved up by somebody who feels petty on them. And there you go. So it's cool to see like a small little tidbit. They didn't put a lot into it, just enough to, to make you kind of question what's going on. Is that true? Is this obviously what happened to him? But I want to know more. I want to know who attacked him. I want to know who his parents were. I don't know if he was uh, like a notoriety or if he was just like a, somebody from the slums or whatever. So it'd be pretty cool to see some more backstory. And I'm glad that they're going to space it out, not kind of give it to you all at one shot. So, uh, so after that, he goes to the planet that he needs to go to. Uh, and he meets some locals there. There's just one local dude. And um, th- he's riding this big thing called a blurg. It's like this big creature thing that attacks him. And the guy actually ends up saving him. So, you know, it, it goes to show that, like, yeah, he's this, like, massive warrior that, that doesn't care about odds of, of getting outnumbered because he trusts in himself that he is not impossible to beat like he's still a human right he's still he's still mortal he can he can be defeated this thing attacked him and he pinned him to the ground and started chewing on his arm and he broke some of his armor and stuff and the other guy had to save him you know he gets up and says thank you whatever and the guy says well what are you doing here and he's like you're a mandalorian right and he's like yeah he goes i'll help you right away like right at the top i'll help you you're here to hunt somebody i'll help you and he kind of questions him later on he's like why are you helping me and he points at the camp where he's got to go and he's like those ever since those people came here this planet has been bad it's, it's been like people used to come here for a safe haven for a retreat to relax to get away from the world and these smugglers come here now and ever since they've been here everything's gone all bad i need you to get them out he's like, i'll do it free of charge because you're a mandalorian like mandalorians i've never met one before in my life i've heard stories of them but i've never met one if there's anybody who could get these smugglers off this planet it's definitely you many have tried all of them have failed so you're the one i can help so and, and again it goes to show his humility too a little bit that you know he doesn't know how to ride the blurg he, he can't so he gets the guy to help him and they do a little a fun little thing where the guy says to him and this is one thing i hope that they keep throughout the entire show and they don't they don't falter from it now give me don't get me wrong i can hold on i guess i'm stuck my teeth um i can i can accept this in different ways but he he said to him when he's trying to ride the blur he's like well you can't focus on what you're doing you need to take your helmet off to see where you're going and he just kind of brushes it off like he didn't even say anything i like the fact that in most cases for any kind of mandalorian you ever see you never see them without their helmet they're always wearing their helmets. They're always hiding their face. You never know who's really behind it. That's the point of their Mandalorians. They're always a secret, right? You'll never know. You could talk to a Mandalorian at a bar, and he's like a goofy, quirky kind of guy, and you wouldn't even know it because once they put the mask on, that's that's who they are. Um, I hope that they stick with that in this whole show. I hope that they don't ever take his mask off. I wouldn't mind seeing him in the show without the mask. Like, maybe he comes out, like, from from like a shower or something like that or he's at a bar he's at a formal event somewhere and he's trying to infiltrate the area and he's not wearing his mask already but i don't want to see him wearing his mandalorian armor and take off his helmet and then you can see it say i don't i don't want to see that reveal i wouldn't mind like i said i wouldn't mind seeing Pas- or pedro pascal's character in the show already like that but not a reveal like that 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 to me that that sets the precedent of, of there's no more secrecy now right like if you already see him without the mask to begin that's fine but once he he has it and takes it off i know that 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 idea of fear of not knowing who it is 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 lost to me so i hope that they never change that i want that to stay the way it is so so he ends up uh getting 
learning how to, to ride the Blurg, and he goes down to the, the base, and he starts attacking him, and then this droid comes out of nowhere, and uh, actually starts doing well, and the droid starts attacking the people too, so his whole base is loaded with people, and they're all like attacking the droid, and he ends up working with the droid, they, they, they make an agreement with each other, like they'll split the bounty half and half, uh, the droid can't tell him who commissioned him to do it, which I'm thinking is going to be the Empire as well, uh, just kind of like as a backup plan, you know, if one didn't make it, the other one did, and um, let's see what happens. So they had like a, a quirky little funniness between the two of them of like making deals and the droid kept trying to self-destruct and he kept saying, no, don't self-destruct. And they arguing with each other. Then it shows this cool moment where like he gets on this big like blaster turret and he turned around, just like annihilates all the bad guys at one time. It was pretty cool. And uh, the big reveal at the end of the show, now this can be taken in different ways. Everyone's taking it one way. I'm taking it in a different way. Um, they get into the room and they get to the bounty that you need to get and it turns out like it's this floating thing it looks like a ball at first nobody knows what it is and you press the button and the shield opens up and it's a baby it's a baby inside this thing and they said on the thing he's like well it doesn't make any sense because the the age of the of the the bounty is 50 years old but it's a baby it doesn't make any sense and they look further into it you can see two little pointy green ears poking out and it looks even farther into it and it, it, it's 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 yoda it's a baby Yoda. So everyone like lost their shit when that happened. And the robot, and here's the thing, the robot was commissioned to terminate it. And and he tried to argue with him saying, no, we can't terminate it. I need to bring this thing back alive. That's that's part of my deal. And he's like, nope, my orders were to kill it. And he goes to kill it. And then the Mandalorian kills the robot. So he's still alive. And um, everyone thinks it's actually Yoda. Like it's, a, it's baby Yoda, which to me doesn't make sense because when Yoda died, he was like 500 plus years old. So there's no way he could be a baby Yoda with the Empire and and still be in this this series. So it has to be a different Yoda from his race. So what I think they're doing is is the Empire sees that there's another baby Yoda. Not actual Yoda, but his his I can't remember the name of his race. Um and there's another one. And like they live forever. Like they they age so slowly. Like that one's 50 years old and it's an infant in a cradle still. So they want to use him, probably try and turn him Sith, because if Yoda was who he was. They can use this one as their weapon, and that's what they're trying to do. So I think the Mandalorian is going to keep this guy with him and and kind of like protect him along the way and say, you know, I didn't find the target all the while trying to fight the Empire. So like, yeah, he's he's a he's a bounty hunter. He does what he does. But in the same sense, he's also human. He realizes if he gives the 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 stormtroopers and the bad guys this massive weapon, it's only going to be bad for him as well, too. So I don't know. From from the beginning to end, I I loved everything about this episode. I thought it was it was absolutely amazing. So I got myself super hyped up for it because the trailers made it seem to me like it was gonna be a super super dark kind of show, like a dark nighty kind of feel or something like that, and or like a Joker feel. Not obviously with the violence, but like like just dark, right? And like Rogue One kind of like Rogue One was very serious, and it wasn't, but it was, you know, like like it, it was the right amount of of seriousness mixed in with a, a specific amount of com comedic breaks here and there to kind of curb that that straight darkness i feel like i'm depressed the entire time but like when it shows his flashbacks when he when he attacks people when he that little like showdown that they had with the stormtroopers it was perfect it was perfectly done and i'm very excited to see the future of this uh the show and how they're gonna go with it i think they did an absolutely great job with it i was very very entertained uh it has a runtime of 39 minutes i think all episodes are different one was 39 the ones be 45 i think I, the last one of the season might be close to an hour um 
uh, I like for me, I'm giving this a solid like 9.5 out of 10. Like I, not so much because I'm just a Star Wars nerd, but it hit everything on the marker for me. Like like the animation, like all the CGI, like it's a, it's a TV show. So it's going to have limited amount of CGI budget than a movie would. But it's also Disney. So they can kind of throw the cash out if they want. And it felt like I watched a small movie. It did like you can tell the difference when you watch a movie and you watch a show and the quality of of the film that they give you. And I, I felt like I watched a small movie. It didn't feel like I was watching something that was a little bit budgeted because it wasn't a great big movie budget. It felt really good. And I, I can appreciate the fact that Disney's doing that. They're, they're giving us a streaming service and they're doing originals and they are not holding back. They're giving us full Disney products. So kudos to Disney for doing that. Uh, I'm really excited to see how this uh, this show pans out. I think there's eight episodes this this season. Um, after this, after the Mandalorian is done, we'll be doing some more podcasts on the next shows that they're going to be doing, which I know they're coming with an Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I don't know when that's going to start. So I might jump on to one of the Marvel shows that they do. Cause I know they've got a few in the works coming out. So I'll go on from there, but I'm going to give this one a solid 9.5 out of 10 because it just, the writing was good. The music was a little lacking. I think it could have used some improvement on the music placement and the music choice but it was still good uh and i think there's nobody who directs more than two episodes on on this season excuse me uh but yeah i loved it i I give it a a solid 9.5 out of 10 i want you guys to tell me what you think about it comment on my like at me on twitter it's uh twitter.com slash brian sets fire same thing from the beginning or talking when i'm playing twitch uh, whichever way you got to get to it. I, I think this show is amazing. I wonder what you guys think of this show. And uh, I really, really liked it. I'm very excited to see what they're going to go on with this. So thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate everybody coming back out. For those of you who do faithfully listen, I appreciate you. For those of you who are starting to listen, I appreciate you too. Uh, spread the love around the world, everybody. Have a great day. And thank you very much for listening. Have a good one, guys.